Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is number 15 and we've been on a two-month hiatus basically. I think the last one was July 30th. Uh, so it's been a while. We're a bit rusty at this, but we're back. How do how do we get back in the swing here? I know it's been it's been a while, but uh, it feels good to be back, and it's important because hockey season is upon us, or the regular season is upon us for the NHL, and we're pretty excited. There's so much to talk about, <laughs> um, but there's a lot going on even before the season starts. There's games, yeah. uh, preseason games in small communities around North America. There's games in China. There's uh, broadcasting drama. There's all kinds of stuff really mm-hmm. that's going on right now. And that's what we're here to talk about. So this episode is going to focus on the NHL in China, which is what happened this week. Right. And also some NBC broadcasting controversy and uh, all that good stuff. But before we, we begin, before we get into this, I have put out a poll on Twitter. And the question was, do you think the Detroit Red Wings are going to make the playoffs? 90% of people which is, so there's 105 volt, votes total. 90% of those people think that the Detroit Red Wings will miss the playoffs. I think uh, those 90% know their hockey. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I, I am not predicting uh, Detroit to make the playoffs. That's a little sneak peek for my Eastern predictions. But uh, yeah, it's it sucks because I would like to see Detroit in the playoffs, oh, yeah. but unfortunately uh, I don't have them in. Yeah, me neither. Not this time. Um, that'll come, I guess, in a couple of days when we put out my prediction video. Yes, but, uh, which we're going to film after this, I believe. Yeah, we don't agree on everything, but we do agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second thing I wanted to plug before we get into the whole China situation is Lids has hooked Post to Post up with some gift cards, and I've used some of the, the funds on those gift cards to purchase a jersey, a new Adidas jersey. Ooh. So uh, I'm really excited about that, and that's I'm going to do... Or we're going to do an in-depth, the most, the idea is it's going to be the most in-depth review of the NHL Adidas jersey uh, on the internet. So I have done side-by-side pictures comparing the new jersey compared to an old jersey, like straight down to the seams along the each, each arm, each side, the inside, the collars, the logos, everything. I've done lots of research. Uh, it's going to be... It's going to be a long video because it's probably going to be between 20 and 30 minutes because it's going to be so in-depth. There's going to be so much to talk about. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. Well, that, you know, to me, being, you know, not really paying much attention to the whole Jersey business, um, I probably would be hard-pressed to even notice the difference at a distance. But yeah. I know you did acquire the Jersey, and I looked at it closely and held it in my hands, and I have my own to compare it with, obviously. And uh, there are substantial differences in it uh, mm. up close, and and innovations as well. Yes, definitely so, new new materials. And, yeah, uh, so it's going to be interesting. And I'm not going to reveal what team it is. I put a sneak peek on Instagram, actually, just uh, just the Adidas logo on the back, and all people know is that it's a red jersey. <laughs> Lots of people think it's a Canadian jersey just because we're Canadians <laughs> fans. Uh, what do they know? That may not be the case. What do they know? Yeah, so. I've I've taken some B-roll actually of of the of the jersey and some dramatic lighting. It's going to be the intro for the video. I'm going to try and make this a pretty professional production. Good stuff. Uh, so I, we'll get to that this week, filming the guts of that video. Yeah. But uh, look out for that. Cool. In the future, if you guys are listening or watching on YouTube, because uh, we are filming this with a GoPro. So if you're listening to the audio version of this and you want to see the video version in the future. Uh, we do release it on our YouTube channel, so check that out. Mm. All right, I'm going to pass this off to you because you are you are the the warden of this 
<laughs> of this episode. You've got the you've got all the goods to, to share to me. So yeah. Um, well, with the two exhibition games in China, I became again quite interested in this uh, latest attempt by the NHL to go to mainland China and try to grow the game over there. At least the NHL version of the game. So I've been reading up on any media that comes out of that. And uh, one thing that caught my eye was a special column on the Sportsnet Sports Channel, which is a Canadian product. Uh, It's written by Dan Robson of Sportsnet. And it's an in-depth look at the present and the past NHL relationship with uh, the People's Republic of China. And I learned a lot about not only what's going on now, but more importantly, what's gone on in the past and the NHL's previous attempts to grow the game in China. And it's really, really an interesting read. And I know I shared the link with you. I don't know if you're able to, but can you uh, maybe put the link in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, and certainly for the YouTube version, we can have it just underneath the uh, the video. Because it's a great, great, well-told article about how things uh, have progressed in China. I didn't read it in depth, but I did skim it. Uh, I, I would say I read the first 25% in total and then skimmed the rest because mm-hmm. uh, it is quite long. So. It's, v- it's and, very long. And I knew you wanted yeah. to talk about it, so that's why I didn't read the whole thing. I wanted you to ex- maybe explain a few things cool. uh, from it. So, yeah. So, firstly, we would think of China as being a non-traditional uh, place to have hockey ongoing, and that is true. Uh, but China does have some northern climate, you know, uh, and along its particularly its northeast region, that's fairly close to Russian Siberia. So they do have parts of uh, mainland China that do experience winter. And they have had some form of hockey going on for about 100 years uh, in those communities up north. Now, hockey didn't really go very far. It wasn't much organized until after World War II. Uh, China, uh, after Japan was defeated, China gained its uh, independence back and eventually became a communist country uh, under Mao Zedong, and that was with Russian support uh, at the time. So the Russians helped the Chinese organize their government and their security and their military, and then uh, the Chinese adopted some other Russian passions uh, in certain parts, like hockey. So Russia and China... um, cooperated not as countries but just as cultures uh, to grow a little bit of hockey in the 1950s and then China underwent some cultural changes that set that aside. So back in uh, back then hockey didn't really have much you know leg to stand on. In the 70s and then starting into the 80s uh, China got more interested in hockey and Russia got more interested in bringing hockey close to China. But then Russia disappeared in 1991. It ceased to exist as, a, as the Soviet Union. Now, it still exists as Russia, of course, but the Soviet Union ceased to exist. And uh, the support that uh, was flowing into China to have a little bit of hockey interest going it dried up as well. Mm. Um, but now we're into the uh, it's 2017. This is not by far the first time the NHL has made efforts to get into China. No, they were there before. They were there before on several occasions, and some teams still maintain a presence in China. And uh, this is some of the interesting tidbits I learned when I read this article in depth. The New York Islanders have a considerable uh, relationship with China because of its owner, who himself is, uh, is of Chinese extraction. He, on his own, uh, this is Charles Wang we're talking about, on his own, he has funded the construction, or helped fund at least, the construction of several hockey facilities in China. 
and he has involved the New York Islanders organization in a way. Um, they have, uh, you know, put uh, uh, interest and money uh, into Chinese hockey. Also, the Montreal Canadiens uh, in the past, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Washington Capitals, they've all done some some diddling uh, with, you know, trying to get hockey going uh, in China. Now, wh- <laughs> what happened in all cases, including the most recent case that I'll spend a little bit more time talking about, which is the San Jose Sharks effort about 10 years ago. Yeah. In every case, what has happened uh, so far is that the Chinese government, because it's a very top-down decision-making authority, has interfered with NHL teams' efforts to try to grow the game in China. Interfered by forcing players uh, onto them. You know, you these players will play for you. You know, ah. and also just making it difficult for them to even build a team properly. So none of these efforts really have taken off, and they won't take off. The, the moral of the story and the conclusion of the article is that these efforts will not succeed until there is some interest within China to grow the game from within. And that hasn't happened yet, but it may happen. Um, we have, for instance, uh, seen basketball you know, do fairly well over the last little while. Mm. And we had that uh, Yao Ming, that uh, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. Chinese star who was in the NBA for a long time. He was actually at one of the exhibition games, maybe both, but he was at one of the ones I was watching uh, oh, the NHL week. game. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. I think he was at the one in Beijing. It showed, I think, him standing uh, in one of the box seats up top. Hmm. Uh, but he is a Chinese star. And until we can find uh, ethnic Chinese uh, people to play at an elite level uh, in China, uh, we probably will, we being a, the, the hockey culture of North America right. and maybe Europe, we will have difficulty getting the game advanced in China to the degree that it has elsewhere. That Yeah, and I think, uh, was it Vancouver who signed their emergency third string goalie? Uh, it was a local a local Chinese guy who was uh, that's right. a goalie there. So that, that's, that was pretty special. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He was signed as an emergency uh, third string goalie. And he was taking shots, wasn't he, in the in a practice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He took some shots. And I think as the third goalie, of course, he wouldn't be on the bench, but they did focus the camera on him during the game. Yeah. And they showed him up close and he was there in a suit, you know, as any cut player or injured reserve type player would be there for the game. Yeah. And uh, excellent. And he's not the first. Um, you know, there have been some... some uh, successes in the past, uh, and now that kind of brings me to the San Jose Sharks story. Uh, back in the late 2000s, like the previous decade, uh, San Jose got fairly heavily involved, spent a couple of million dollars, and opened up a franchise in the uh, Asian Ice Hockey League, the AIHL, and they called them the China Sharks. The first year they played in Beijing, this, and which didn't go well. The first game was great. They even beat Japan 3-1, a team from Japan, and the crowd went nuts. But the second uh, season, things started to tail off, and, and actually even during the latter stages of the first season. So they moved to Shanghai, or just outside of Shanghai, and they, they played there for season two. And things were actually starting to come together. But there was that continued interference from the Chinese authorities about um, you know who would be on the team and where they would stay. And there's some awful and comical, really, horror stories about uh, the different players and how they were um, differentiated, really. The North American players, the few that the Chinese would let, you know, kind of be involved, uh, they weren't allowed to even uh, inhabit, you know, the communities in the way that the native Chinese were. They had to stay in a motel while the Chinese all stayed in a dorm. So they weren't even hanging together as a team. Wow. 
the North American players could not drive. They were not allowed to drive or have uh, autom- automobiles, so they all had bicycles. So at one point, you know, there's these two NHL veterans, you know, that have retired from the game. You know, they were never A-list players, but they were still in the NHL in the past. And they're bombing down the road, and one guy looks at the other on these bicycles saying, like, did you ever think it would come to this? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. It is crazy. And uh, now this is another interesting story that runs with this is for, I think it was the second season, Claude Lemieux signed uh, a return and tried to bring his career back after having retired. So he signed a contract with San Jose. He was 43 years old at the time. And San Jose thought to themselves, what a better way to help our Chinese effort than to send Claude over there to do his conditioning. So they sent Claude Lemieux to China, and he played for these China stars for several weeks while he was getting back in shape. Now, he didn't know what to expect. The Chinese didn't know what to expect. In fact, they just heard the name Lemieux and thought it was going to be Mario Lemieux. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it was Claude, you know. Now, in my world, I would love to meet Claude Lemieux, and I'd be very happy about meeting Claude Lemieux. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess in China, when you've only ever heard of, like, Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux, right. Claude Lemieux is maybe a second-rate uh, player. But in any event, he bonded quite well with the team. Uh, they couldn't find him the first night. He flew in. He got in on a late flight. The hotel room that they had booked for him wasn't available. They'd sold it or whatever. So they went looking for Claude Lemieux the next day. And when they finally found him, he was in a custodian's closet getting his gear on. He basically, it looks like it from the article, he spent the night in a closet that the hotel put him into. Dang. You know, there's Claude Lemieux for Pete's sake. Anyway, when he got over there, I mean, he's taking his professional return very seriously. So he's playing hard. He's yeah. a given her, you know. And uh, the Chinese uh, players that played with him and the other players, they just loved it. You know, they thought, uh, this guy is great, you know. They, so they instantly attached themselves to him. And he played hard. And uh, I think at one game, I think I read in the story, uh, some opposing players kind of ganged up on him. And that his teammates just started wailing. I mean, they just started... Wow. You know, as Bubbles would say, they were feeding them, feeding, you know, them, yeah. feeding the other team. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's one of many very interesting anecdotes that go along with this crazy world of trying to play or trying to grow hockey in China. Um, I highly recommend the article from Sportsnet, and hopefully it'll still be up in, at the same link. It's a permalink of some kind, I would hope. And if you're interested at all in the game of hockey or just in, in the cultural connections between two vastly different societies, it's an interesting read. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that brings us, of course, to the present. Vancouver and L.A. played two games over there. You and I both watched some of those games. They were on at a weird time. I watched the first one live, and I didn't watch any of the second game. Okay. Well, so I, I, knew, P- I knew who won. But. Yeah, I PVR'd them both, and I slowed down to watch every goal. And a couple of the penalties, because there were a few of these penalties that we've talked about. Right. You know, violation type penalties. Uh, that video hasn't come out yet, but. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be out. We talk about uh, what's going on with this drop the puck thing. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I thought it was interesting. I thought uh, the Beijing game in particular seemed to be very well attended. Yeah, I think it was around 10,000. 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which I think is very respectable. Now, we must point out, I think everyone probably knows, but they may not. There is a team in Beijing that plays in the KHL now. Yeah, the, the Re- Kunlun Red Dragons. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. And I, no, I'm not sure how well they're doing. I haven't looked up uh, their performance in the standings, but 
And I don't know what their attendance is like with that other team comes to town. Yeah. So the KHL is in there. And this, again, is the re- rejuvenation of what was a Russian or Soviet influence into Chinese hockey. And that's great. But I think the NHL wants a piece of that as well. I don't know. Yeah, I, they definitely do. It's quite obvious. Yeah. But I think it's more about the money than really growing the game. Well, with NHL, isn't it, isn't it though? Yeah. You know, there's 1.4 billion people living in China. There's 25 million just in Beijing alone. Do you know how many hockey players there are registered? 1,500. 1,500? 1,500 players registered to play hockey. That's not as many as Prince Edward Island would have in the minor hockey system in the run of a winter, I wouldn't think. Say 25 million people live in that city? Yeah. There's 35 million in Canada. Yes. So you can imagine only 1,500 people. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you're looking at the economies of scale, if they can get 1% 1% of the population turned on to hockey. Mm. That's millions of people. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe that's the way they're looking at it. It may never catch on and be a national sport like it is here, but you never know. 15 years down the road, you might see them in the Olympics, or sooner. Who we knows? may, you know, and, and that's all about qualifying, right? To, to get in the Olympics, you have to qualify. You have to go through, uh, um, you know, relegation if you're not good enough for the yeah. following games and that kind of thing. So it might take a while for them to fight their way in. The thing about the uh, the Chinese culture, they have a lot of, if they're going to do something, they're kind of kind of do it right when it comes to to sports. They're very passionate about stuff. So if they, you know, if they want to take this seriously, it could be could be pretty interesting to see see players come out of that country and and play in the in the NHL in the next fifteen years. Yeah, and and in the places where things have fallen short a little bit, it's not to do with talent, or fitness, or conditioning or athleticism. Yeah. It's had to do with uh, not knowing a system and having to teach a system to a bunch of, you know, 20 and 25 year old guys that are really good athletes, yeah. but they don't know how to play together the way we play. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. Right? That's interesting though. Uh, I, I mean, I understand what the NHL is trying to do. Uh, I hope it is successful in the long run. It's just, um, there's a lot of controversy with them going to China, but not going to the Olympics. And mm. it's just a, it's a weird, dirty road that they're they're on there. So. And that kind of rolls into the next topic a little bit, if I might. Yes, please. And this goes back to the NHL's decision that the, they would not uh, sanction its players to go to play for their Olympic teams uh, in the upcoming games. Uh, it's caused no end of stress and discomfort for a lot of uh, hockey fans. Some are upset about it. Some are less upset about it. I guess I'm in that second yeah. category. But... Uh, there are some interesting follow-ons that have happened since then, and one of them was just revealed yesterday. Now we're filming this on a, ta- uh, taping this on a Sunday. So this happened in Saturday's New York Post, and this is Larry Brooks's article. Oh, the famous Brooksy. The famous Brooksy. You know that you see those clips of John Tortorella yeah. not wanting to talk to Brooksy. It's this is the Brooksy, okay? And he writes for the New York Post, and in his article of Saturday, which is called Slapshot. I think it must be a regular piece. He talks about what has the NHL has decided to do because the NHL refuses to go to the Olympics. The NHL has sat down, taken its ball, or puck as the case may be, and said, uh, okay, NHL, we're not going to broadcast any of your games for that three-week period while we're covering off the Olympics. Bold. Bold, because the NHL, or NBC rather, is not only the Olympic broadcaster, but they're also the broadcaster of license for the NHL for national coverage. 
So the NHL is basically, as Larry Brooks says in his article, giving the finger to Gary Bettman and saying, you know, okay, you don't want us uh, covering the Olympics and covering your domestic NHL instead that same time period? We're not going to do it. Yeah, NBC's really, really playing hardball here with the NHL. Oh, they really are. And uh, I think it stinks, frankly, yeah, uh, that it, they're it, doing it that. It sucks because it, the fan loses. The fan loses. Now, what will probably happen for many of these games, if not most of them, is that they will be uh, picked up by regional broadcasters, you know, like Roots and MSG and, you know, those other uh, broadcasters that cover those games. And, of course, the NHL's own broadcasting platform, right. NHL yeah, TV, yeah. will be able to show all those games to diehard fans across the country. So, you know, maybe NBC will have the tables turned on itself and people can find out, well, hey, guess what? This game isn't blacked out all of a sudden because it's not on NBC for this three-week period. Yeah, maybe. People might really enjoy the, the no blackout uh, situation and maybe they'll come to like that. And then when the NBC, uh, or, uh, yeah, NBC comes back on board with national broadcasting, people will be throwing the remotes away. Yeah, I don't know, it's risky. Now, here's, here's a real live example of what can happen and what has happened in, in this mess. Uh, the New York Rangers are about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the opening of the newest version of Madison Square Garden. And back in February of 1977, 67, sorry, February of 67, uh, when they opened the rink, they hosted the Philadelphia Flyers for that very first game. It so happened that the NHL had arranged a schedule so that on the 50th anniversary of that game, the NHL or the uh, Philadelphia Flyers were going to be in Madison Square Garden. I see where this is going. Yeah. And uh, guess what? That happens to be right in the middle of the Olympic break. So the other thing NBC wanted to try to do is retire or honor Jean Rattel, retire the jersey. One of the most famous uh, players to ever play for the Rangers. So Absolutely. And the Rangers thought, what a great thing to do to have this 50th anniversary game, Jean Rattel's retirement and everything all televised, and they wanted it on the MSG network. They wanted as many local fans to see it as possible because it's really a local event, right? Yeah. But NBC back in the day, whenever this was, maybe six months ago, said, well, no, we would be nationally broadcasting that game so MSG wouldn't have it. But because the Rangers wanted MSG to have the game, because it was so important to them. They moved the date of the commemoration a couple of weeks later, so MSG would be able to pick it up. But they're not playing the, the Flyers anymore. Right. They're playing Detroit or something. So the, the, all the, you know, not all, but a lot of the magic of how, you know, they yeah. were going to organize that is now out the window. And that's, that's part of it, and it should be, should be the way it should be yeah. against the Flyers. Exactly. It should be against the Flyers. Probably the schedule was engineered that way, so this yeah. special type of night could happen, or this day. It's actually a Sunday afternoon game. Yeah. And now, uh, I don't know if NBC is going to pick up the game when they actually do it, which would knock MSG off the map again, Yeah. but uh, the Rangers are not happy, and well, I wouldn't be happy either. No, that's frustrating. Very that's, frustrating. That's really frustrating. Yeah. So, you know, NBC, NBC is just, uh, you know, they're being real ding-dongs here, and uh, I, I, I hope it bites them. I hope it bites them. And as much as I'm not a fan of the corporate thing that NHL is, yeah. um, I, I think that this basically is uh, two, two organizations that I really don't have a lot of love for going at it. And I actually think NBC is on the wrong side of this one. Well, I mean, the NHL loses the... Uh, the NBC people lose, 
the Rangers lose and the fans lose. Everybody loses. Everybody loses. So why loses. waste the time going through all this song and dance? It's just it's so yeah. frustrating. And it's not a game that that NBC would even have had. It's a game that would have been on on MSG because NBC's over covering Olympics probably on every channel it's got yeah. anyway. Yeah. But then you know to hold off until things get too late to make changes and then to blow this up is just yeah. It's awful. the timing that that's frustrating about this. Something else that strikes me about this is how it illustrates the difference between Canadian and American hockey fan bases. Just imagine if the CBC was in a, a similar snit and decided that uh, it would not run hockey, NHL hockey, for three weeks. Just think. The, it, it would no longer exist. It wouldn't exist. Yeah. You would have probably millions of Canadians descend on the yeah. CBC broadcast headquarters at 250 Front Street West in Toronto. Yeah. And burn the building. There down. would be such a boycott of CBC. It it'd be over. It'd be toast. It I, it would be curtains for the network. I think, and that just goes to show you that NBC thinks it can get away with this. Yep. CBC, I know, wouldn't dare, because one of the things that CBC and they really lost control over hockey because of when, Rogers when Rogers got yeah. the contract. But Rogers and CBC have a very good working relationship, you know. And the CBC building is 13 stories and Rogers has two of them. They're in that building yeah. with CBC. Yeah. You know, so the, they are in bed together. Yeah. Using the same bathroom. Yeah, they're definitely in a relationship. No question. Yeah. And they do cross promote a lot, you know, when there's a game. Oh yeah, and, uh, over in Rogers, you know, channel whatever, we're, we're showing this. Yeah, they've been pretty good about it. There's been some... It's worked well. Yeah, there's been some, a little bit of controversy, especially when it first happened. Obviously, there's a lot of, lots of people upset, but uh, it's really worked okay. It has. Yeah. It has. And regionally, what I'd like to see that, or what I like that I'm seeing now, this year especially, is that TSN is getting back into regional coverage. TSN is broadcasting a lot of uh, Montreal uh, games, and, and <laughs> although we had an you, issue you should, here. We should tell that story because it is interesting because it involves the blackout situation and uh, maybe more of a local situation with the yeah. satellite. But. but it's not just local to here. Um, you know, I guess I'll go back and then we'll start at the beginning. Sure. Uh, a couple of nights ago, Montreal was playing the New Jersey Devils, I think, and the game was on my guide as being on TSN 2. I'm in the Montreal Canadian zone. I have TSN too. So off I go to watch the game. Yeah. And I get this message from my provider, which happens to be Shaw Satellite, saying, uh, we're sorry, but this game is blacked out in your area due to NHL broadcasting restrictions. <laughs> the game may be available on NHL Center Ice yeah. or whatever they call it. Well, I have, I have, have. I have Rogers Game Center this you year. You do. You do. And since we're in the Canadian zone... I it's, can't watch that it's game. Blacked it's out. blacked out. Yeah. So clearly what happened here somehow is that the satellite provider to me that's supposed to be showing me TSN2 that I am paying for yeah. somehow has been unable to persuade TSN2 or the NHL that I'm actually in the Canadian zone. I'm being blacked out as if I was somewhere else. Because it is satellite and you could be somewhere else. I could be somewhere else. You know, I may have a fake address. I may want to watch all the Edmonton Oilers games, so therefore I want to put myself in Edmonton's territory with a fake address. So I write a buddy and say, yeah. can, I, can you take the billing on this and I'll pay you back? And I'm sure that happens. I, and why wouldn't it happen? Yeah. In fact, if I wasn't in the Canadian zone and I didn't want to get NHL center ice or whatever they call it, I would probably do that instead if I have to have TV anyway. Yeah. Why not have TV that fakes where I am? Yeah. Um, but anyway, unfortunately for me, I'm not faking. <laughs> I'm actually in Prince Edward Island. Last time I checked and, uh, now I, I, so I, I went on Twitter and I 
I blasted away. I, I sent a rocket. And uh, Shaw was very good. They, they came right back and, and with a direct message and said, we're working on it. It happened to us the other night in the Edmonton game as well. Yeah. We're working on it with TSN. We're working on it with the NHL. And we hope we'll have it fixed by the beginning of the regular season. Yeah, I read the response. It was wor- it was worded very nicely. Yeah. It wasn't a generic response. Uh, you know, they, they they took the time to, to message you and do it properly. Yeah. However, what they said wasn't a solution. It's not a solution. They're hoping to have it fixed. Yeah. This is a situation that's totally out of Shaw's hands. I understand that. Yeah. But somehow the wires have been crossed between the National Hockey League and TSN, and through them TSN2, the channel I wanted to get, and somehow they think, whether it's uh, they've got a, my postal code in wrong or they don't believe I'm in PEI or it's a technical malfunction, I couldn't get the game I'm paying for. Yeah. And I couldn't even get it on the alternative they suggested. Yeah. Oh, you may want to check out Rogers. Well, we have that. Which And then, then that is telling us to go check your cable provider. Check your so, cable. And you, oh. I, it doesn't really matter what the reason is to us because we're the viewer. We just want to see the freaking game. Yeah. But... I'm sorry, Shaw. That kind of means you're out. That means you're out. That means you're out. It means you're out, and it and I think it's unfair to Shaw because guess what? Guess who owns TSN? Bell. Bell. Yeah. And guess who competes with Shaw to try to get as many viewers away from Shaw as possible? Bell. Bell. And guess who wants his TSN too? Damn it! And I'm going to have it. So you. guess what I'm yeah. doing? There was a guy outside the house today running a fiber cable to the house for an install that's going to be happening in a few days. Yeah, so we will be transitioning from Shaw Cable to or Bell Shaw Satellite, Shaw, yeah. Shaw Satellite yeah. to uh, Bell Fiber Op. Bell Fiber Op. And also in that transition, we are getting rid of our EastLink internet. Yeah. Or your EastLink internet. <laughs> and uh, getting Three, Fiber Op. 300, yeah, 300 down and 100 up. Yeah, so. And this is uh, this will be the same speeds you enjoyed when you started Post to Post. And we're able to upload fairly quickly when you're in still in Fredericton. And I know that when you came here, uh, for however long that may be, uh, you've been a little frustrated. And I've been a little frustrated anyway. So uh, thanks to some of the support you've been gaining on Patreon, you've been able to uh, enter into a bit of an agreement with me whereby we cooperate on the uh, costs of our internet. Yeah, the people who contribute on Patreon are going to fully fund uh, the internet in your house when we decide to film a video. Yeah. And... Uh, I come over and come down and, and into the studio, we will have blazing fast internet yeah. here. Now you said fully, is that, is that a, is that a well, new not, deal? I was, go, I was happy to go 50, 50. Yeah. 50, 50 is good. Okay. <laughs> but I like fully, it's on tape, <laughs> but, but you're the editor, so it probably That's will true. disappear. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> anyway, I just, you know, to cooperate together on this is wonderful. Um, I'm happier and, you know, unfortunately the real culprit here is probably Bell. And they've got what they wanted. Yeah, totally. I'm not a Bell fan, never was. In fact, I've had them in the penalty box as far as this household is concerned for over 10 years because I think Bell is, may as well just be a big government as much as a company. So I'm not a fan, but I got to get what I got to get. Yep. Yeah. It's like me with the uh, Rogers Game Center. I will never in my life own a, a phone that is tied to Rogers. I will never have Rogers Cable. But my only option for Game Center is to get Rogers Game Center. So yeah. I had to pay Rogers to get it. And uh, that is the only way that I give Rogers my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, 
that's a choice maybe that we in Canada face more so than the States, just because there is less competition up here. Yeah, definitely. But it's the nature of the beast, and uh, we got to do what we got to do. The Internet's going to be a lot faster. The ability to distribute television around the house is going to be a lot more convenient. And the price is actually a bit lower than it I've is, been yeah. paying. Yeah. My Shaw satellite and my uh, Eastlink Internet together are costing me more, or we're costing me more than it's going to cost for this, at least for the next two years. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll be able to live stream uh, more successfully. Yes. That's, oh, yeah. that's why I have not live streamed uh, in the past three months or so since I got to PEI because uh, your internet wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, when I come over and we want to live stream, then we're going to be totally good to go. The broadcast center will be fully yeah. enabled. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. it feels good to be back on the horse here. Is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about? I think there's lots to talk about. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, next time we'll be coming to the end of the exhibition period. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do in one of the videos talk about some of the new rules and how they've been implemented in the exhibition phase. That'll be going out tomorrow. Right. So that'll be out very soon. So there's no point, you know, uh, getting ahead of that, but, uh, there's probably more conversation to be had in a more slow and, uh, deliberate environment like a podcast. Yep. So I think that's, uh, maybe something for the future and just the general results. How, how do we think the teams are doing? Um, you know, we've already seen a few injuries, because of the exhibition season, uh, we have players that never even got into the exhibition season because they were injured, such as Eric Carlson. So, you know, there's lots, uh, lots to talk about now that hockey is finally back. Finally. Finally. It seems like it's taken forever, but at the same time, it kind of just feels like the playoffs just ended. Well, yeah, that true, eh? It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy. And also next week we can talk about uh, our, my and your and our experience tomorrow oh yeah because the nhl has hooked us up with tickets to the uh hockey craft hockeyville game in summerside tomorrow between the ottawa senators and the new jersey devils you will be able to make it to the during during the day the practices the red carpet stuff uh, but you're going to come down after after you get off work we're going to go to the game to get together it starts at 7 i believe 7 p.m i believe yes i'm going to head up early tomorrow morning i'm going to try and get there for the red carpet uh i'm going to watch the the game day skate chill around town a little bit see if we'll see what i can see uh, i can't film in the game or the practice i don't i don't think i can film the practice but uh, i don't believe so but it, we're gonna have lots to talk about once the game is over we'll have a, a huge long discussion on on the next podcast about this mm-hmm. uh so we'll be able to share that experience with you guys and of course i'll take some pictures and uh, share those as well it's a big deal this hockeyville thing there's one in canada and one in the states yep. and the one in the states i believe is in pennsylvania yeah, I forget it is, the yep. name of the town but uh, probably not much different than O'Leary PEI, which is the actual winning town of hockey. Right. It was O'Leary. O'Leary won. But because their rink, even with renovations, if they were able to get them all done, would be too small to host an NHL game with yeah. all the people that would want to go. They went to Credit Union Place, I think it's called, in Summerside instead, which is a much bigger yeah. uh, arena. So uh, Summerside has become O'Leary, I think, for a day. And... Uh, O'Leary's the actual winner of the of the contest, yeah. and they get the money. And there's lots of stuff going on in Le- in, in uh, O'Leary as well. In fact, at 4:30 p.m., I think there's a convoy of people coming from O'Leary to the Neat. the I can't remember the name of the arena. And I, I think it's Credit Union. Credit place, Union, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a convoy coming from O'Leary to Summerside, the Credit Union place, and then gates open at Credit Union place at 5:30 p.m. Oh so. wow, it's going to be crazy. 
it's going to be just crazy. And, you know, Ottawa and New Jersey, depending who they bring, it's exhibition. So you never know who you're going to get. Like we I, won't see Carlson because he's still on the injured list. Yeah. And unfortunately we'll see Carlson, but he, but he, there's going to be so many other people to see. Nico, oh yeah. Nico Hischer. Nico Hopefully Hischer. will be there. If New Jersey brings Hischer, that'll be yeah. fantastic. I'd love to see Corey Schneider. Uh, there's other names to Craig Anderson. I'd love to see Craig Anderson. Yeah, Taylor Hall. Yeah. Taylor Hall. There's, there's lots of great players. Uh, that's going to be in the, in the lineup. So I'm going to be really excited. I'm going to be watching with such an under, um, magnifying glass, uh, just watching every single move of every player. It's going to be exciting. It is. And, you know, for us, we've gone to hockey games from here, and it's an odyssey. You know, your planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. And, you know, you're 8, 10, 12, 15 hours to get to the nearest NHL yep. uh, building. And here we're going to have an NHL game less than an hour from where we live probably for the only time and God knows for how long. Yeah, probably, oh, I don't know. There's the odd exhibition game that uh, Montreal yeah. puts on in the Maritimes, but. Yeah, uh, and uh, for a while, the New York Islanders actually did their training camp here. So did Dallas. And so did. Because of Brad Richards. Yeah. And Steve Ott, I think. Yeah, so, so you know, we do have the odd thing uh, here from time to time, but this is really, really something. And, you know, thanks as much as I just, uh, you know, uh, slagged the NHL a while ago. <laughs> uh, thanks for at least making it possible for these two guys to go to the game because we're not from O'Leary. You know, yeah. the preference is going to be for fans from O'Leary for sure and elsewhere in Western PEI. And that probably by itself would fill that rink. Yep. So they've rationed the tickets. The NHL got some to give away and we ended up with a couple of those. Yeah, because I applied for a media pass to try and get in, but uh, we just don't have the media presence, I guess, to get one of those. So they said... We're not famous yet? Yeah, no. They said, uh, you know, here's here's a free ticket. Um Hopefully this will do. No, obviously no filming mm-hmm. in the arena, which I won't do. I'll 100% will abide by that. Oh yeah, gotta respect. And uh, then yet today, actually this morning, she's like, actually I got two tickets to give you. So pretty cool. Uh, big thanks to the, to the NHL there. So yeah, very, very excited. Much. And like you said, it's hard for us to see a regular NHL game. We saw one last year, not because it was in the plans. We just happened to spend an extra day in a tr- into in Toronto in February just because of. Uh, weather. Mm-hmm. So we decided to take up a game there. And then this coming season, there's maybe an opportunity that we're going on vacation somewhere in the spring. And we might get to see a couple of Florida Panthers games. Who knows? Who but knows? It's, it would be cool to go see a Canadians game to yes. actually drive up to. We should probably do that this year. At since, some point, we'll have to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we have the channel going and stuff, it would be mm-hmm. makes for some cool vlogs. And oh, stuff. definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that probably wraps it up for today. Uh, we're sitting at it about 40 minutes. Oh, so really? not too bad. Time flies. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. If you are listening on iTunes, leave us a review. If you're listening uh, f- via Google Play Music or whatever it's called, uh, we really appreciate it. If you could just subscribe to us on there, that would be awesome. If you're new to the Post to Post channel here on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button down below. That would be awesome as well. If you like this video, hit the like button. And I just want to plug again the jersey video or the the video jersey review of the new new uh, Adidas jersey is coming up very soon. And I think Jason put a bug in your ear to talk about Discord. Briefly. Oh yes, right. That's uh, thank you for reminding me. So we have a Discord. As many of you know, if you don't know, hey, we have a Discord, and we talk hockey all the time. We have different rooms set up. Uh, general hockey talk, off to- off topic, um, merchandise deals. So I'm, I'm I'm always looking at deals online for merchandise and stuff. I post links in there all the time, and we're gonna have rooms set up each night for games. 
So if Montreal plays Boston, there'll be a Montreal-Boston room. You go in and you, and you can talk to other fans watching the same game as you uh, in real time. So it's going to be a great place for people to talk hockey while games are going on. And I'm pretty excited about it. So you should get Discord if you don't have it. You should join our Discord and uh, contribute into some hockey conversations this season. Very good. And yeah. it's it's a new and improved and updated Discord too. It so. is, yeah. It's got some few. And if, for those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's just kind of like a chat a chat room app. It's got it's a it's a server and it's got different chat rooms. So you can join the different chat rooms depending on what the topic is. You can do voice chats as well. Uh, there's apps for Android and Apple, and uh, there's a desktop app as well. So you can even use it in your browser. So it's really cross compatible and uh, it works well. So I'd love to see you uh, on there. And I'm on there all the time. I chat with people and stuff. So yeah, pretty cool. Very good. All right, thank you guys very much for watching or listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you in one week's time. Adios. See you.